can a person be unbaptized? Are Catholics Christians and are prophetic words real? Let's see what the Bible has to say about that. Hey, welcome to our podcast. Today, we're going to be answering questions that were asked from this past Sunday's sermon. Um, it's called Truth by Scripture Alone. So yep. go and check that out here on our YouTube channel. Yep. Um, we, we've got some great questions that came in this yeah, week. And so for great. our first question, someone asked, can a person be unbaptized? All right, man. What an interesting question. And who would have thought that yeah. would ever be a question? Yeah. But uh, recently in Tyler, Texas... In fact, it was on October 30th of this year, 2022. Wow. Um, there was uh, an event in Tyler, downtown Tyler, and the the Satanic Temple from Dallas-Fort Worth was there. They had a booth set up, and they were offering people the option of being unbaptized or debaptized. Words they were encouraging people who had maybe made a profession of faith and yeah. had been baptized mm -hmm. and they were wanting to walk away from all of that. They were wanting to renounce and denounce their faith mm -hmm. and their baptism that they could take the step of actually being unbaptized mm -hmm. and uh, declare themselves not a believer. So mm -hmm. uh, that's an interesting question, interesting Crazy. thing that people are doing. Uh, a little bit of research, I find that they're not the only ones. There are other people who yeah. offer a de-baptism or an unbaptism. Wow. Uh, even one that was, I couldn't really tell if this was comical or if it was genuine. Um, they were offering people to come forward in this event that they had, and they had a blow dryer out, like a hair dryer, wow. yeah. to use that to blow against their forehead as a way of symbolically renouncing or denouncing their wow. baptism that they had at an earlier point in their life. That's crazy. Yeah, and so... You can even go online and mm -hmm. ask for a certificate of unbaptism wow. or debaptism. Uh, wow, that's just fascinating. So the question comes up then, you yeah. know, can can you do that? And yeah. does that mean you are unsaved yeah. at that point? Exactly. Yeah. So or or were they even saved to begin with is the other question. Exactly. You know? So yeah, big question. The the root of all of this, of course, deals with what is salvation yeah. and how do we come to believe. And then is it possible to come to a place in your life where you no longer have that salvation, where you are um, you lose your salvation or you renounce your salvation, you have it and then you don't have it? So this asks some very foundational questions about what it means to be a believer Absolutely. in Jesus Christ. And yeah. great question um, for our day. So we know that salvation is an act that begins by the grace of God, him mm -hmm. coming to rescue us, offering yeah. salvation, redemption through the blood of Jesus, through his death and resurrection for us. And that salvation happens when the individual receives that grace and applies their faith to it. When they believe yeah. that, and there's a transformation that happens in their heart. And Jesus mm -hmm. said, when that happens, you are born again. Yeah. A new life is born in you. You were dead in your sins, mm -hmm. and now you are made alive. Yeah. And when that happens, you are you are a new life, new new living existence yeah. within you, and you become a new person. And that doesn't happen because you were baptized, but it happens because of faith. Yeah, exactly. So this becomes foundational for what we believe, uh, what the Bible says, that mm -hmm. I'm not saved by the works that I do. I'm not saved by works of righteousness, but by the grace of God. And when that happens, when I truly believe and my heart is changed, then Jesus says, the one who believes in me, he can he can never be snatched out of my hand. Yeah. And now he has everlasting yeah. life. Yeah, it's, that's not temporary <laughs> life. That's not now you have a new life here on this earth, but it's yep. everlasting. It's salvation here on this earth where we grow more into his image and then it's eternal life with him. Exactly. So I'm changed at the core of who I am. My standing yeah. is changed in heaven. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. My sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. So can all of that, any of that, be lost at any point? I know there are certain denominational groups that teach that, mm -hmm. that if you get into certain sins or activities, you can actually lose your salvation yeah. and you must regain it. Yeah. Well, 
that's dangerous and counter to Scripture because then that makes my salvation, the, my receiving it and my keeping it based on me. Yeah, and absolutely. If, if, I, if I'm the one who gained it, then I could be the one who lose, lost it, yeah. but I didn't gain it. He gave it, exactly. and I received it, and it fundamentally changed me and eternally changed me to the point that I can't be unchanged. Exactly. Yeah, you've been born again. You're yes. not going to be unborn again. Yeah. yeah. But you, if you now have new life, that's not going to turn into old life. Therefore, you need new life again, but it's new everlasting life. Yeah, exactly. So again, yeah, I can't stop existing. I yeah. am and I, yeah. I exist. So the new man in me exists and is made alive by God and that can't stop existing. Mm-hmm. So uh, to your point, to the point that scripture says, even baptism, yeah. uh, Peter writes in 1 Peter 3, 21, uh, it's not what saves us is baptism. He yeah. says, not the removal of filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm not saved by the act of baptism. Mm-hmm. Baptism is an outward declaration yeah. of an inward change. Yeah. So when we baptize here at Vertical, we are baptizing someone who has already made a profession of faith and believes we're simply baptizing as a public declaration of their faith because that's what the Bible teaches if a person believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth, then they are saved. If they mm-hmm. believe and publicly demonstrate that, then you are saved. Yeah. Not just public declaration. Yeah. So if it's not baptism that saves us, then baptism or unbaptism can't yeah. unsave someone. Yeah, absolutely. So then I think the question would follow of what what can unsave someone or can someone be unsaved? That's that's the question. Yeah. Is is can a person be unsaved? Can they walk away from the faith? Yeah. So um, we know that um, the enemy is looking to lead people astray and to mm-hmm. cause them, if possible, even walk away from the faith yeah. in in some level of disobedience or rejecting what they have maybe heard, and, and it is possible to walk away in times of disobedience, but is a person who drifts off into sin, are they not saved? You know, what causes a person to be uh, unsaved? I think based on what we know from Scripture, uh, a person who's saved is saved. Yes. Now, uh, we read passages like Romans 8, 38, 39, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's no amount of activity or things present or things to come that can separate you once you are in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is security and permanence in our salvation. But people start asking the question, well, is there a sin I could commit yeah. that could make me yeah. unsaved? Exactly. And this is where people start talking about the unpardonable sin. Yeah. What about that? And is that is is it something that I say? Is it something that I do one time? And does that mean that I'm forever cast into hell after saying something? That's kind of the question. That right. And and people ask that question because often they've built their identity of being a Christian or salvation on their activity. Doing. Yeah. I've done some things. If I stop doing those things, do I lose it? Yeah. Well, doing some things didn't gain you your salvation. Exactly. And not doing some things can't un- undo your salvation. Yeah. It's exactly. faith in Christ that gains, if you would, our yeah. salvation. It's the it's the way we receive yeah. it. So, so so what is the unpardonable sin? Then? What yeah, so uh, in Mark 3, 28, 29, uh, you hear Jesus say, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter. So whatever the worst, vilest of sins, they can yeah. be forgiven in, wow. in Jesus. But Jesus said, but he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. Hmm. So this would be a person who is in a defiant, ongoing resistance of the spirit working in their life. They just 
They refuse the message of the gospel. They refuse to repent. They refuse to change. They refuse to hear God's word. And they walk in just defiant resistance against all of that. And there's no way to forgive your unwillingness to be forgiven. If you keep resisting forgiveness, then you can't know forgiveness. That seems to be what Jesus is talking about. He's not saying if you just say the words, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit. There are whole YouTube sections out there of people saying that. Uh, Like, I'm going to see what happens if I say this. Well, nothing happens. (laughs) Yeah, it's not in your quoting those words. It's in the belief what's in your life, exactly. what's demonstrated in your own heart and spirit, and then what's manifested in your life afterwards, what what follows yes. in that. So, yeah. uh, you know, can a person be unsaved? They can't lose what God has given them if they are continuing, and they, they demonstrate that by continuing in faith. Yeah. Now, if a person actively denounces a baptism or a doctrine or a practice they had in their life, it probably begs the bigger question of, did they ever have it to begin with? And and scripture would seem to lean toward, no, you can't, you can't leave your existence as a believer in Jesus Christ. You might have been in a church where you were, uh, maybe you felt forced or maybe you did take part in some activities out of peer pressure, out of Mm -hmm. what you were going through at the time. And then, Later you say, I didn't really want that. Well, you probably never had faith to begin with. Exactly. So um, at this point, I think we have to also address the just the reality of, I can't really know another person's yeah. spirit. I can't know what God is doing in their midst. Yeah. But I can know <clears throat> that uh, an unbaptism, just the act alone, does not undo yeah. your eternal destiny. Yeah. But if that outward activity is a reflection of an inward desire, then you probably never had it to begin with. Absolutely. Uh, And so that's probably the greater trouble with, it's very troubling to know that there's people in that position. Uh, In some ways I'd love to, you know, to talk with some of them to see what happened or what, what went on, what, what did they walk through that brought them to that conclusion? And I know there's people who've walked through very painful things in their life, even in, in regards to religion and church, and so it's difficult. It makes me sad to hear that people would come to a place of such defiance that they would want to uh, seemingly undo mm-hmm. their very connection identity to the eternal, to God, to what Jesus has done for us. But I know that happens in people's lives. Yeah. And there are those who will reject the gospel with defiance. Mm-hmm. So uh, great question. Yeah. Uh, fascinating topic sad yeah sad topic for sure all right so this next question here it says this Uh, it says i was raised catholic but left the catholic church many years ago however my family still practicing catholics and we've had many arguments over the years about some of the catholic doctrines my question is is it possible for a catholic to still have salvation even if they believe in their sacraments and the catholic church traditions (laughs) <laughs> All right. Very relevant. Yeah. I think um, everybody probably knows someone yeah. who's Catholic, whether it's in your family yeah. or, or a friend group. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, at the core of the question is this idea about what is genuine belief? Yeah. And what does it mean to be saved? Yeah. Um, salvation is not in church membership. Mm-hmm. Just joining a church does not change your eternal destiny. No it matter, does not make you born again. Yeah. No matter how good that church may be. Yeah. <clears throat> um, salvation is not in a denomination no, or any religious group, just joining it, uh, professing to be part of it, yeah. uh, being active in it. Yeah. That does not, does not gain salvation. Not regenerate your spirit. <laughs> exactly. Salvation happens when a person is aware of their need for repentance. Yeah. When they recognize I'm a sinner yeah. who needs to be forgiven and redeemed. Yeah. Conviction. Yes. And I, they believe that Jesus alone is the the one who has come to redeem us from our sins. He alone is righteous. He took our place on the cross. He was resurrected as God's proof that the death was accepted for us and that a person then believes. They repent and they believe and they walk in obedience. Yeah. That is salvation. Yeah. 
again, that has nothing to do with uh, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, no. Assemblies, uh, Catholic, whatever. This mm-hmm. is the core no. of salvation. So we have, to, we have to remember that at the core. Yeah. But the question is, can a person who's a member of the Catholic Church uh, and follows the sacraments, sacraments yeah. uh, and the traditions, are they saved? Can they be saved? Yeah. <clears throat> so um, Martin Luther in 1512 is the one who um, recognized as the one who kicks off the Protestant Reformation yeah. and has his um, uh, arguments against Catholic Church teaching. And so if we go back to um, that and what he said were their practices that were based on tradition and not on the Bible, then we can we can begin to frame this conversation better. So uh, I think he would say, we can still say today with some confidence, if you believe that salvation uh, somehow requires your work and efforts, you're, that's you are not in the right teaching. Yeah, that that's not salvation. Um, we are saved by grace through faith alone, and and that not of works. It's not yeah. of ourselves. And again, even faith is a gift from God. Exactly. So uh, again, if you if you believe somehow that you gaining salvation or keeping salvation is based on your works, your attending church, giving, praying. Um, doing good things, any kind of work, that's not salvation. And that doesn't matter whether you're in Anything. Catholic church, Methodist church, Baptist Anything. church, assembly, whatever. Non-denomination. Yeah, non-denomination, whatever you're in, that's not salvation. If you believe that a man on earth has the power to pardon you and your sins, yeah. <clears throat> that's not salvation. No. There is only one mediator between man and God, and that is Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, uh, that's not salvation, mm-hmm. and Martin Luther had that against the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you believe that praying to anyone besides Jesus is your hope and help and salvation or redemption, yeah. that's not salvation according no. to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's only one mediator between man and God, and that's Jesus Christ, uh, the righteous. Uh, if you believe that you can pay off your sins through good works or giving money or indulgences, then that's not salvation as well. We're not saved by our works. We're not saved by the works of the law. No man is justified by his works, but only through faith in Jesus Christ, believing in him. Uh, If you believe that keeping the sacraments are what keep your salvation, that's That's, not salvation Either, exactly. even if they were good things, even yeah. if it's communion, uh, yeah, communion, baptism, praying. If you believe that you have to keep doing those in order to keep your salvation or to receive grace, that's yes. that is not grace by faith. That's grace by what I do. Yeah, by works. God will only give grace if I go and do this. Yeah. So, uh, if you. Um, practice those, if you can say, I'm a member of the Catholic Church and I practice those, but I don't put faith in any of those. I put my faith yeah. in Jesus alone. Okay. Then that's what the that Bible says is salvation. Yes. Um, but if you are a member uh, of the Catholic Church and you say, I don't adhere to all of those doctrines that they believe in, those practices. Okay. Yeah. Then for sure, if you have biblical faith, then you are saved. Yeah. I, I would wonder if you don't put your faith in those and don't believe yeah. those doctrines. Why are you a member yeah, for sure. uh, other than traditions? I get it, but. Um, yeah. I, I will say that the church, <laughs> the general Catholic church teaching does not lend itself to the true gospel. It does not lend itself towards salvation by Jesus alone. Correct. There are a lot of other things that play a role in salvation. Yeah. And that's, them. that's not what, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in in the Catholic church, right. that's not what the gospel teaches. That's not what the Bible is very clear about we have freedom because of Jesus alone. We do not yeah. receive salvation by the works of the law, right. but only by the Spirit. Yeah. A couple of verses, of course, I've, I've quoted some of this already. I just want to read it. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Uh, there's no place yeah. within 
biblical faith that involves my works, not in receiving salvation or keeping salvation. Now, there will be manifested works that yeah. come from it. Absolutely. But I don't do those works in order to keep my mm-hmm. salvation. I'm not trying to uh, earn a list of points that will someday in eternity be weighed against my sins. That's not yeah. salvation. Yeah. That's a whole lot of uh, work theology. Yeah. That there's no life in that. That doesn't mm-hmm. point to Jesus. That points to me and my efforts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, can someone who's in the Catholic Church be a Christian? Yes. Yes. However, the church does not lend itself to regenerated spirits based on the gospel truth. Yeah, and and, and doesn't lend itself to propagating that in other people no, either. Exactly. That making a true true disciple that leads a person into freedom and mm-hmm. to um, their own personal faith alone with Jesus as the mediator yeah. and making disciples as, as we're taught to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul was very strong on um, belief that led person led people into more works. Um, the Pharisees, of course, um, were heavily works-oriented, and they were doing a lot of things right by the law. In fact, they, they were keeping the law. They were offering yeah. sacrifices. But Jesus would say about them, but your hearts are far from me. So no. it's not in the practices. No. Uh, it's in uh, faith alone. And for that reason, uh, Paul would would write some strong letters and have some things to say to those who, were, who would say, yes, I've been saved by Jesus, by faith in him. And they would turn around and go right back into keeping the law to somehow keep their faith. Yeah. And they would begin to measure if they had faith based on what their performance was. And yeah. so in Galatians 5.4, uh, Paul would say, you have become estranged from Christ. You have Far off. moved away yeah. from. Um, and you who attempt, here's how he described it. You who attempt to be justified by law. In other words, you came to Christ, receiving it by faith, but now you're seeking, seeking to keep yourself by your works, yeah. your law. And he says, those of you who do this, you have fallen from grace. You have moved away from the belief that salvation comes as a gift from God yeah. to be received by the gift of faith alone. Nothing on your part. So uh, great question, difficult question uh, in our day because we all know people who are who are involved in the Catholic Church, and, and it just introduces a lot of questions about uh, what is salvation, and we know what the Bible has to say about that. Yeah. So, so great, great question. Yeah, super good. All right, so for this next question, it's kind of a story-like question. Uh, okay. They're asking, uh, what is the reality of this uh, experience they were in? Mm-hmm. So uh, they were at a concert not too long ago, and they say there was a pastor there that was praying for healing, healing for metal plates to dissolve, tumors to disappear, those sorts of things. Right. Um, it says, but then the pastor said, someone now can hear out of their right ear. It says, no one, no one came up to him saying, hey, right. this is what happened. But <clears throat> he is, in a sense, prophesying. He is saying, this is what's happening in this room right here. Yeah. What is the reality of that right there? Is that something that we can say yes to, or is that something that we, Yeah. what's, what's the take on that? It's tough. You know, um, I think some people might put this in the category of uh, maybe a, a word of knowledge. Sometimes uh-huh. that's used in certain denominational groups um, to define maybe that kind of thing where yeah. a person gets some kind of special insight about other people or a situation as though God imparts to them this thing, this information about what is happening in someone else's life. And uh, it's tough because, you know, God does lead us to speak truth to people. Mm-hmm. I have to do that in love and, and motivated by his spirit. And he does give us wisdom when we ask it and he can give us insight um, into certain situations. And so if we know truth, then we can anticipate some things about what's going to play out in someone's life. For example, uh, I know that the Bible says the borrower is servant to the lender yeah. as, as a, a truth. It's laid down in Scripture. So if someone comes to me and says, um, 
I am considering these moves financially in my life, uh, and it involves, say, debt, for example. Yeah, taking on a large amount or whatever. Yeah. Um, I can say to them, well, if you do this, you are going to make yourself a slave to that thing, good or bad. It's just it's yeah, just a reality a of what it is. I don't have to have a special knowledge to come to me from God to yeah. tell them that because God's word has already spoken yeah. on the matter. Yeah, um, I'm just simply restating what God has already said. Um, yeah. I, I can know uh, Isaiah 40, 31 that says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So if someone tells me, um, hey, I'm facing this very difficult situation in my life, but I am trusting God in a way that I never had before. I'm believing his promises. I'm, I'm believing he is going to uh, be my victory and see me through. I can say, well, you know what? Um, you are going to find a new strength in doing that. You're going to find a strength to walk like you've never walked before. You're going to be able to run, in fact, in your faith. You're going to advance forward in your faith, yeah. and it won't wear you out. Uh, you're going to walk and not faint. You're going to have, in fact, it's going to be like you are soaring in this moment because yeah. you're trusting God. Did I need a special word from God to hear that? No. No, I, I just needed the wisdom of God because he's already spoken yes. on that matter. And in fact, that kind of counseling right there is is giving God glory in all of those things. It's yeah. not, It's not. oh, this is happening for me to tell to you, but it's I'm I am speaking what's already been completed. This is yep. the completed word of God. This is the wisdom that He has given to us. These are the the truths of life that I'm going yep. to give to you as yep. an encouragement. This is not new revelation. This is not new psychology. Yep. But this is real. This is the Bible. This is the character of God. This is the love of God. All of yep. those things. Whenever you're able to say all of those things, it goes towards God's glory. Yeah. Those are not towards <clears throat> your own end. You yeah. Know? Yeah, if someone says to me, hey, I'm facing um, some major decisions and I really don't know what to do. I've got these multiple facets of, of issues coming up in my life yeah. uh, and I don't know where the provision is going to come from. I don't know where the answer is going to come from. <clears throat> in that moment, I, I can remember what God's word says and I can say, you know, uh, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom uh, and his righteousness and or the kingdom of God and his righteousness, yeah. all these things will be added to you. Well, I didn't need a special word no. of knowledge for uniquely about their situation. Uh, God simply puts scripture on my heart and mm -hmm. I'm restating what God has already said. Yes. If you will seek the kingdom of God first in all that you do, yeah. if you'll seek after righteousness and walk in integrity and yeah. choose to do what God says, and prioritize your life around his priorities, he will provide for all your needs in the situation. He'll provide for you financially. He'll yeah. provide for you the wisdom. He'll provide for you the direction. You can trust that. It's a promise from God. So I think that's discernment. I think that mm -hmm. comes with knowing scripture. Um, and I think that what that does, like you said, is it points a person back to the scripture. It points yeah. them back to their own relationship with God. Yeah. The thing I get nervous about with yeah. some of the, <clears throat> the Lord has said to me in this moment, yeah. this thing is happening in this room. It begins to elevate the person yeah. who had that insight yep. above the person in the pew and their relationship to God. And Absolutely. so I, I just get a little apprehensive about yeah. some of that because I, I want to encourage the, the individual back to the relationship to God, yeah. not to me as the one who has the power, insight Absolutely. to see some things that no one else does. Yeah, because if not, then you have that person who is their relationship with God is in fact dwindling. It's getting smaller because they're yeah. they're getting more reliant <laughs> on someone else to tell them what's going on. Yeah. That's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. So you see, to me, they're, Plenty of passages in scripture that point out this idea. When you know truth, you you begin to see um, God's purposes, God's ways, and you know how to counsel and to teach. This is what the prophets did. This is what the, yeah. the New Testament pastors and teachers were doing. Yeah. And so Absolutely. in the Old Testament, you, you see in 1 Chronicles 12, um, this reference to uh, the sons of Issachar. Uh, and it says that they were, were people who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So because they knew 
the law of God. They knew the history of God because they knew the ways of God and because they understood the times from that framework, from that perspective, they were able to give counsel on what Israel ought to do. Yeah. Not that anyone looked to them as the as the specials, the special ones, you know, <laughs> yeah. they've got the pipeline access that no one else does. They were simply those who understood God's ways. Yeah. Um, and so we have that same ability today. Yes. That's not, that was not just a special time one time over there, yeah. but we have the ability <clears throat> to know the character of God based on how he has revealed himself yeah. throughout history. Paul would write and say, we have the mind of Christ. Yes. We yeah. have the ability to think like Jesus. Yes. Not just a select few, yeah, but every member of the body of Christ. Yes. Because of his spirit in us and because of the wisdom of those around us and because of the completed word of the Bible. Yeah. So uh, a couple more questions I think will help provide greater answer yeah. to that one question still. Great great question because that happens sure. today. I mean, I've yeah. watched, I've been in settings where that happens. I've, I've, I've watched, you know, enough other TV preachers and churches to hear that kind of stuff oh, yeah. happen. And oh, yeah. it's always curious to me, how, how did that one guy know? And then uh, did it happen? Did it really come true? Was the person in the room really that did that? I've got some more to that an- to answer that. Yeah, let's move on. For sure. <clears throat> we'll come on. We'll come back around to it. Yeah. So here's, here's another scenario, kind of a, a, a story of what happened. And then the question okay. uh, kind of asking, what was this scenario that happened? So, uh, the same person. They said they felt God laid "be still" on their heart. Mm-hmm. The word "be" the words "be still." Right. Uh, it's a it's this deep feeling. You okay. can say for mm-hmm. that's quoting again Psalm forty six. Yep. Be still, and know that I'm God. Yep. Uh, it says whenever they couldn't sleep, so the next morning when they woke up, they listened to the song and read the scripture from Psalm forty six. Yeah. Do you <clears> think <throat> that was from God who placed that on their heart? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anytime we have a um, a drive within us to do what is righteous that drives us back to Jesus, to the word of God, to the heart of God, that's from God. Yeah. That's not from anywhere else. Mm-hmm. That didn't come from me naturally. Yeah. That didn't come from the world. Mm-hmm. That comes from God. Yeah. And so especially when he's driving us back to truth, yeah. that is from God. And yeah. It, you know, it all fits with what Jesus would say about the Holy Spirit. This yeah. is before the Holy Spirit had uh, been given to the church. Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, he shall speak. So the spirit, the spirit is the spirit of truth. Yeah, He knows the heart of God, he knows the heart of Jesus. He knows the ways of God, the ways of Jesus, and he knows the written word of God. And so, of course, he's going to direct us in that way. Yeah. So any uh, prompting, leading, uh, desire that comes up in me to seek the word of God is from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's countless times I have um, been in a situation, whether it's you know, in my bed, on my pillow at night. Yeah. If it's in the middle of the day, counseling someone, if it's if it's driving down the road and I'm thinking about something yeah. and and a scripture comes to mind or a truth comes to mind, mm-hmm. that's from God. Yeah. No question. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think where <clears throat> this question probably stems from as well is whenever you were going on on Sunday about it's this is not truth by feelings. Okay. This is not truth <clears throat> by whatever sensation or experience is going on. And so whenever they say, I felt God put this on my heart. Yeah. Is that a feeling that we can trust? I got you. I think that's another aspect of this as well. No, I hear you. So feelings are real. And and even the spirit sometimes uses our emotions and thoughts to help drive us. Absolutely. The, The question with any of them, whether it's experiences or feelings or thoughts, whatever it is, if they drive us to truth, then that's God working yeah. through them. Yes. If we interpret them alone as truth, you're going to be chasing those feelings. Dangerous. That yeah. could be dangerous. Yeah. So, 
Um, for sure. I'm not really good. listening to my emotions or my thoughts for truth. Yeah. I'm listening for God to work through my emotions yes. and my thoughts and experiences for truth. Absolutely. Because if we sat there waiting all night long, well, I'll just wait until I feel like God tells me to go somewhere and do something. Right. You might be waiting a really long time, whereas we already know yeah. that we can open the Bible and we know that every word in there is spoke from God and right. is applicable and useful. Yeah. So, with wisdom, we can go to the word. However, like you're saying, at times like this, if there's great heartache or if there's trouble, there's tension, whatever, right. God can use those emotions, speak through them to you, guide you to the truth yeah. from the scriptures. This is not not whatever you feel is truth, but he can use your feelings to guide you to truth. Definitely. That's good uh, stuff. Because there's sometimes that my feelings, um, they lie. Yeah. And um, I've talked about it before uh, openly. That I've been times on past uh, that I can be given over to fear and anxiety. That's an emotion. It's a feeling, um, mm-hmm. and I have to tell myself the truth. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I have to put emotions in check and go with truth first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if your thoughts and feelings or experiences lead you to truth, to the truth, yeah, of God's word, yeah, then. That's something that he's using, yeah. speaking through, Absolutely. but not speaking as truth. Yeah. I think it goes back to, that's great and that's awesome. I'm glad that happened. Yeah, That does not mean that we must seek the feelings, though. Mm, the feelings right. led to the truth. Yeah, sure. It's great whenever we have those yeah. types of experiences, yeah. but that does not mean we look only to those. No, I Trust me, I love experiences. I, I love our worship on Sundays. Yeah. I love my time when I'm, you know, worshiping alone. I've got the music cranked up. Yeah. I'm loving what all that does. But um, I want to. I want to always make sure that the truth is what I'm moved by and pursuing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just the the emotion in the moment. So yeah, yeah. good stuff. Great That's question. really good stuff. Yeah. All right. So for this next question, we have a question and an example here. So all right. the question is this: Why are there prophets or some people would say even cult leaders, people yeah. who claim to say, I have a word from God and yep. I can, yep. those people can <clears throat> rise up to be cult-like mm-hmm. leaders. Mm-hmm. So why are there prophets or cult leaders that claim to be prophetic and then the things that they say actually come true? So yeah. that's the question. And then more of the example is what does that mean when a prophet tells you a dream that they had then a few days later it actually happens? Yeah. That is the question. That's a good right question. Um and in its extreme version, you do find cults. You yeah. find, you know, Jim Jones, you find David Koresh, and, yeah. and, and many others who, where they elevate themselves as the one who knows what no one else can know mm-hmm. and speaks what no one else can yeah. speak, and they drive everyone to them. And, and then, shut down other sources. Yeah. They, they are the they, they don't want any other voice. They don't want any other accountability. They don't want their followers to... Uh, seek truth on their own. Yeah. <laughs> they want to seek it through them. So mm-hmm. uh, that's dangerous. And so when you find situations like that where you have some people, maybe to that extreme, maybe they're not out on that end, but they maybe they're within Christianity even. Mm-hmm. And they claim to be a prophet and they say something. And in a matter of time, it actually happens. Yeah. That's... Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I would say, first of all, because someone uh, calls himself a prophet does not necessarily make them a prophet. Yeah. I think we have to remember the scripture that says in Hebrews 1, uh, in, in various times past, yeah. God spoke through the prophets mm-hmm. to, to the fathers, the generations, time past. But in these last days has spoken by his son. Uh, yeah. That indicates a, a closing of the era of mm-hmm. God speaking singularly through prophets but has in these last days spoken in fulfillment through his son. And the word of God contains that truth. Just real quick to go on a little bit more of this. Mm -hmm. My other question, even for a person who would say, I am a prophet, what authority named Mm -hmm. you a prophet? Yeah. Is it, is it some other person? Is it, (laughs) is it an equal? Is it a greater? And, And if it's a greater are how greater are they? Because yeah. God named the prophets. He chose the prophets in the right. Bible. He chose the apostles. Jesus had the disciples with him. Yeah, Those, That's the authority, giving yeah. titles to people. Yeah, We can go a whole thing about who defines you and with yeah. what authority. Yeah, but exactly. No, anyways, that's great. just another <laughs> question to have in there. It's true. 
I think we should be careful of anyone who, who claims to speak on behalf of God. Yes. We should always be alert to that. Yeah, we should test be, everything. We should check, test, be alert, seek the scriptures ourselves, seek yeah. to see what's true, no matter what church you're in, what pastor you follow, whoever, you seek the scriptures to see yes. that, that, that what they're exactly. saying is true. Exactly. Uh, the scripture would say to, to try the spirits or test the mm-hmm. spirits. So, you know, does it validate a prophet uh, if what they prophesied came true? Interesting question. So I would say no. Um, short answer. Does it validate a prophet because what they said came true? No. And here's a couple of reasons. Go ahead. Can I say one other thing? In just even in the Old Testament <clears throat> prophets, it didn't matter if they said one thing that was true. They had to be 100% correct all of the time. Right. And if they ever said something that wasn't true, they were to be killed. Yeah. That's just, I'm just tossing That's that in. There. So if someone's if someone's correct five out of 10 times, doesn't mean that they're a prophet. Right. And if, yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, can, does, does the fact that it came true validate that someone is truly a prophet? I would say no, because of a few reasons. Number one, uh, people sometimes scam people. Yes. It's possible to do. So I remember back uh, some some years and years ago, there was a TV show uh, called the John Edwards uh, TV show. He was a psychic, supposedly. And he would bring an audience in and he would, he would do things like uh, walk around the room, look at everyone, and he would say, I'm sensing there's someone here uh, by the name John, John. You know, and sure enough, there's a John in the room. <laughs> he says, um... Uh, for some reason, I'm sensing that you had a a relative that passed away recently. Is that correct? And yes, you know. And, and what, now that was was your uncle, wasn't it? Yes, yes. And he was actually in military service. Am I right? And you know, kind of, course, you know, the audience is all bought in, and the person's yeah. just totally freaking out yeah. in that moment. And and you're watching it, and you're just like. This is weird. I'm kind of knows you know, what's going on. Yeah. What's going He's on? Reading so the man, minds. Yeah. The man claimed to be uh, able to speak to the dead. And, and so um, we had someone that we knew that was a believer who knew exactly how that all happened. And we invited him to a church that I was in at the time. And we brought this man in. He was an illusionist, a Christian illusionist. And he did the exact same thing that night. And like, how in the world did you do that? <laughs> So he later told us the gig, how it all worked. He said, um, I I simply asked, in fact, this happened at our church. We said that morning, we said, if you're going to come back tonight, uh, put your name on here so we can know who else is coming, just so we can make sure we have enough room for everyone. So everyone filled their name out on this card. Well, all he did was take the information home and do some Google work. Yeah. You know, So he gets there that night and he says, I'm sensing there's someone in the room named Barbara. <laughs> yes, I'm Barbara. You know, well, uh, did have you lost a loved one in the last two years? Yes. And so yeah. all he had done is some background research yeah. and he's able to come across as though he knows things that no one else could know. It was a scam. And so I'd say for that reason, we should be careful of people yes. who claim to be prophets because yes. there are people who scam people. Yeah. But I would also say we should be very careful because there are people who actually are connected to the spirit realm in an evil yeah, way absolutely. and know things that they shouldn't naturally know. And that's, yeah. that's dangerous. Yeah. There, I heard a story of, of someone who was saying that this family had lost a loved one and they, they didn't know how to grieve. It was very tragic and it happened and just super sad for their whole family. And what they did, uh, they weren't a Christian family, but they went to, kind of this like psych reader, like, mm. uh, you know, yep. all this kind of stuff. And yep. and they told them things about the loved one that they had lost. And yeah. this family was like, oh, it just helped us so much to be able to grieve this loss. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean that it's good or that it's right. Those, no. That stuff is <clears throat> real and it's 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 not good. No. It's, it's not the right way to go about things. That's not the way that God has chosen for us as his people yeah. to grieve and to go through loss. Right. Such things and like we that. should, we should be alert to that. It yeah. doesn't matter what the feeling is that's produced. We should be very careful because that opens the door to some really dangerous things. Yes. Uh, uh, Jesus would say, uh, you know, if anyone says to you, look, there's the Christ or there, there, look there. He says, do not believe it. He said for false Christ and false prophets will arise and show mm-hmm. great signs and mm-hmm. wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Their goal is to deceive. Their goal is to manipulate, to trick, 
to, to possibly lead you away yeah. from the faith if they could. Yeah. So Jesus puts a premium on that and says, be very careful about that. And then, of course, 1 Timothy says that uh, in, in chapter 4, verse 1, Paul writes and says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, which we are in those, mm-hmm. he says, Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Mm. So there is this real concern that, in our day, there are wow. those who are speaking deception and lies to deceive and lead people away from the faith that has been handed down to us, to lead people away from the word of God, to lead people away from uh, who Jesus is and what Jesus has done from, for them and lead them away from their own priesthood belief yeah. that allows them access to the throne room of God. Mm-hmm. And so we should, be, we should be alert to any time someone is wanting us to look to them for our connection to God. Mm -hmm. Uh, We should be alert by anyone that wants to control us. This is what uh, 1 Timothy goes on to say, that um, they they forbid to marry and they command those to abstain from foods which God has uh, created to be received. They they like to impose laws and rules and control, uh, and they they like to uh, make rules uh, for everyone to keep, often but themselves, you know, they yeah. do differently. So you should be alert to any time someone claims to have access different than what you can have, mm-hmm. and, and and wants to control you and manipulate you, Absolutely. even by deceptive signs and wonders. Yeah, they're all frightening things mm-hmm. uh, that are that are active in our world today, uh, even sometimes within the realm of church and Christianity. Yeah. For sure. Okay, yeah. so in that same line of thinking with, with prophetic words and with this uh, someone speaking something over you, yeah. uh, another question that came in that says, if someone spoke prophetic things over you, is it <clears throat> something you have to break? And again, this is in the idea of a false prophet or a right. cult-like leader. Right. Uh, if someone spoke prophetic things over you, is it something you have to break even though it was a false prophet? Mm-hmm. Can it attach to you? Or since it wasn't from God, is it meaningless? Yeah, great question. Yeah, because um, that happens. There are yeah. people who, in cult situations, or even in some church settings, yeah. speak things against us—negative, mm-hmm. uh, positive, whatever it might be—and then does that mean it's attached to us? Does that mean it's going to happen? Do I have to do anything to to tangibly break that, yeah. break that spirit? So, um, of course, we know that those spirits are real. Spirit demons uh, are real. Yeah. Uh, strongholds are real. Mm-hmm. And they can have an impact, but they only have impact on us to the degree that we make an agreement with them. The enemy is speaking things all, all the time. The time. Yes. He, he is the accuser of the brethren. He yeah. is lying. He is deceiving. He is telling even the elect some things mm-hmm. that are not true yeah. in order to lead them astray. Those words are powerless against me. No weapon formed against me will prosper if I am believing what God says about me. So just because they're being spoken doesn't mean that they are true. Um, Now, if at some point I have made an agreement with them, Mm -hmm. if I have agreed with certain things spoken about me and have subjected myself to them, then I would say, Yes, you should renounce yeah. any agreements you have made with Ouija boards, seances, yeah. witches, yeah. Uh, truth or, or soothsayers, yeah. future tellers, fortune yeah. tellers, uh, horoscopes, all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. That's your. That's a whole realm of of spiritual uh, activity that we are called to separate ourselves from. Yeah. Um, Second Corinthians says, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them, come out from among them and separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So, if you have made agreements with them, put yourself under them, then I would say it, it is something you should pray and renounce. Yeah. 
you, yeah. it's kind of the opposite of where we started today. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you should undo yourself from yeah. those teachings and those beliefs and, yeah. and unite yourself to the Lord. Sure. Make those breaks yeah. and, and make those uh, breaks and agreements and, in, and then walk in agreement with what Jesus is and has said about yeah, you. Absolutely. Walk as a redeemed child of God. Walk as one who's been forgiven and fully accepted. Walk yeah. as one who's been declared righteous and blameless. Yeah. Walk as one having nothing to do with the false idols of this mm-hmm. world. Walk as one who rejects the lies and deceptions that are being spoken today. Walk in truth. Yeah. This is what we're called absolutely. to. Absolutely. So It totally goes right back all into the renewing your mind thing as well. Yeah. It's, not, it's not just something that you're not just going to happen upon, oh, yeah. wow, I don't agree with these things anymore. But yeah. no, we have to put in the work. We have to be actively pouring into those scriptures yeah. so that we may know what God, uh, what his character is, what he says about us, what our identity is in yeah. him. Yeah. I, I think all of these things, uh, you get back down to the classic Christian thing of, well, you ought to just read your Bible. But this is with a brand new light on it. Yeah. This is with the with a different purpose than just reading to read. Yeah. Again, especially if you have walked in long periods of time in settings like that, yeah. if you've been involved in cult situations or, or in even church settings where there have been half truths taught yeah. and, and hierarchical beliefs of uh, this guy is over me, that person's over them, and they have more authority than they do. They're closer to God than I can be. Yeah. You, you, you'll need to renounce that and you'll need to begin filling your mind with truth. Yes. Uh, and then walking in that, yes. standing up in that. I'm, I'm so grateful that we're, we're seeing that happen here in Vertical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real life stories of people who are walking in truth and saying, yeah. I am a different person than yeah. I was a year ago, mm-hmm. two years ago. I am learning who I am in Jesus Christ. And I'm finding freedom. I'm finding forgiveness. I'm finding joy. I'm finding purpose. I'm finding desire come alive to worship God in ways I never had before, yeah. to seek God's word in ways I haven't before. And I'm coming to life. That just thrills me, you yes. know, to hear people say that. They're finding who they are in Jesus and who Jesus is in them. Yeah. So. Uh, that's our goal, yeah. uh, to lift him up, but to live him out and help every person find their identity, strength, salvation, redemption, sanctification in Jesus alone, Yeah, not through anyone else. Absolutely. So don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, yeah. keep following, share this with someone if you enjoyed it. And if you know someone who needs it, share it with them. Yeah. And um, uh, follow us for the rest of the series, uh, Truth by Scripture Alone, uh, Grace by Faith Alone coming up and uh, be a part of what God is doing here at Vertical. We appreciate you uh, liking, subscribing, and uh, for those who give, we appreciate you to help make this ministry possible and to share with others uh, around the world, really. So uh, blessings to you. Keep lifting them up and living them out.